Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me, as always, is my good, good friend who's going to fall from grace and become a villain by the end of this show, Tim. I'm starting great. I'm starting. I love. I love tweed, Frank. I just love it so much. I want to wear nice. Cool. I'm going to wear nice clothes, but then I'm going to start to say my opinions in my classes, oh, like no. college professors do. Oh no! Honestly, I think I th- I think the most I think the most accurate part of this episode was when the college professor, you know, Ben Lockwood, started to say his own political beliefs in class. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's the most true to life part, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, this is just like college. This is great. You know, I had this thought where I was like, wow, he's really like he's he's being so biased and really showing what he, oh wait that's literally what college is never mind that's college and then he got <laughs> fired for it and i was like right. that's not college like, you don't lose tenure that easily but anyway we're not here to talk about that yet what's the point of having tenure if you can lose it that's <laughs> right stupid right. uh that's all right that's all right well we'll get to that we'll get to that but how, how have you been my friend i've been very well my friend how are you I, i've been great i'm trying to treat you well so that you'll stay a good guy and not 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 leave me well not, you better the other side. you better so yeah, I'm trying to treat right. you with the respect that uh, I feel you you deserve. Thank you. And part of that is reading listener emails. So you want to open up the mailbag? All right. Yep. There it is. It's unzipped. Yep. <laughs> I guess it's a zipped bag. It's I don't zipped. know. It's a zipped bag. Yeah. I can open the I can open the little button clasp and set it and go. Oh, you know. Nice. See, I was picturing a drawstring bag this whole time. So that's that's that's, that's different. Different. Uh, Hmm. There you go. There you go. Thank you. I'm done with the sound effects. Onomatopoeia. <laughs> put the foley. Put the foley on hold. Uh, we uh, we got these emails uh, at uh, mail at supergirltvtalk dot com. Uh, this one comes from Rachel. Rachel emailed us a couple weeks ago, and she has a follow up uh, to that note. Uh, she is talking about her image inducer theory. Remember, she had this image inducer theory of maybe it came from the future. Maybe that's what inspired Lena to invent it. She has an update on that image inducer theory and another observation she wants to share. So uh, uh, in last week's episode, uh, the image inducer was the first one to be affected by Mercy's hack by that EMP. And you'd think that if it was future technology, it wouldn't be affected by you know 21st century tech. Um, however, um, he may have been the first person to test out Lena's version if they did work together on this project. Or it could be a matter of the image inducer previously being powered by the Legion's ship. And because that isn't present anymore, the source of its power was switched to an L-Corp server or something like that. Um, those are good theories. I think those are all good theories. You know, it's hard to... I don't think we're going get a straight answer on any of them, but those are, I like where, where her head is at. I like that, too. I Although I, I think you're... I don't think... I think we're thinking too hard about it. Probably. Yeah, that's which probably Which is true. what <laughs> podcasts are about. Yep. Thinking yep. too hard about stuff. Correct. Uh, and then Rachel, in another note, added, added another piece here. I'm wondering what the kryptonite in the atmosphere will do to the red daughter slash Kaznian Kara we've seen. I mean, we assume it would kill her, but perhaps she's still underground punching those rocks and building a bunker for herself. Or maybe this is completely irrelevant. We could find out later that she's completely immune to this kryptonite. You know, we're not sure if she's a clone, if she was created by the Harunel, the, the black you know stone from last season or something else. I think it's worth noting that kryptonite was not 
present in the Red Sun story either. So we don't even have you know like a precedent from that, even if we wanted to try to use that as a uh, something to go off of. So is that that's, tr- that's not true, I, isn't there? I don't isn't, remember. Isn't we just read this summer. But... Isn't there kryptonite at the end? Mm. I don't remember. Um, good point, though. Though I think because she's basically that black cloud, she's that Harunel. I don't. I don't think she would be affected by kryptonite because she's Shoni looks like Supergirl. Shoni looks like Kara, which means that she really right. wouldn't have Kara's weaknesses. Okay. Okay. We don't even know if she has all of Kara's powers. We well, just know that that's she's true. strong. We don't know any of that. We don't yeah. know any of that. Yeah. No, well, that's true. I'm not I'm not positive. That's a good question though. One to ponder. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm I'm flipping through my Red Sun book here real quick to see if there is kryptonite. And uh yeah, there's a Brainiac attack, but I'm not sure if it's kryptonite. I'll 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 follow up. We'll follow up on this later. And if anyone happens to know offhand, please email us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. But we're gonna keep moving here. Thank you, Rachel, for those notes. Uh the next one comes from uh it comes from Ian. Uh Ian in the UK. Ian says Ian. uh Ian, he says I've been a, a long way behind uh Long way behind with both the show and your podcast, so I just finished a binge watch and listen of season three. As you can imagine, 23 episodes of Supergirl TV Talk back-to-back has taken a toll on my sanity, but I have a few thoughts I didn't hear coming. Mine too, Ian. Mine too. Yeah, that's nuts, dude. And imagine us trying to make those episodes. God, you've listened to us for 23 hours hours straight. That's Plus that, because the episodes are usually a little longer than an hour. Yeah. That is insane. That's That's a lot of binging. That's a lot of binging. I mean, you know, our, lot of all of our listeners tip. who listen already week to week, that's one thing. But binging, whew, that's a whole other. That is a direct fire hose of Frank and Tim into your brain. Um, <clears throat> he brings up an interesting point here. Kara's unpredictable powers. Solar eclipse, she loses her powers. Uh, planet without a yellow sun, she loses her powers. I thought Kryptonian cells worked like battery and stored the energy. So shouldn't she have had reserves until she ran out? Yes. By Yeah, right. By that logic. Yeah, I know. Uh, they they established uh, by by the logic they established, wouldn't she immediately be powerless every night? Like when the sun goes, you know, goes away. If only all the big bads had known this, did they have better things to do? Were they watching the Flash baking cookies? They're probably uh, doing both. Maybe, yeah. I mean, there's no reason why you can't do both at the same time. I've cooked while I've, made, while I've watched the Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was. Um, I thought you were going to say I cooked while, while I've made cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, yeah, but that's interesting. You know, that they, I have noticed that before, but I didn't really notice it as a pattern that like pretty much every time she's in a place without a yellow sun or whatever, you know, she would she would lose her powers. And the solar eclipse thing is totally valid because it's like, yeah, that's you're still on Earth and the sun is still there, but you just can't see it. And yet you lost your powers like that doesn't make sense. Um, so I'm, I, I, I hear what you're saying there, Ian. I do. You know, it, it, it she should be losing her powers at night by that logic. I guess you could make the argument that the sunlight is being reflected off the moon or something like that but that's kind of a weak but what about nights when the moon isn't out what about during a new moon right so it it, yeah there's there is inconsistency there he's right and that's a that's a good call out Uh, but it's one of those inconsistencies that we allow uh for the convenience of a story (laughs) that that (laughs) is correct very comic booky when you have 42 minutes to tell a story sometimes you need them to lose their powers quickly once in a while you gotta like have an excuse to lose powers yeah that's not like some form of kryptonite or something 
Yeah, that is so. correct. But I hate this show now. Yeah. Flip the table. No, Ian closes uh, his email, which is a quick. He gives a vote, uh, having listened to all of our episodes for last year in a lump. Uh, he gives a vote for the old format. He likes the old format better so far. But but we've heard a lot of positive on the new format. I, I think I think this is going to stick around for a little bit. I, I appreciate that, Ian. I, I've heard we've heard from others as well. I think we're going to I think we have more to. To work out with this new format, and I want to I want to keep exploring that for a little bit. So. Okay, well, that's, I'm glad you said that because I, I'm I'm ready to shake it up a little bit today. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to do one last piece of feedback here from Daryl. Daryl says he's concerned about uh, how far Lena will go to improve humanity, since this is the kind of show that would have something go horribly wrong. Lena gets blamed for it, you know, and boom, one step closer to evil. I expect all the goodwill from her speech to quickly disappear if and when Supergirl uh, finds out she kept the Black Rock. I did like Supergirl's video at the end, uh, since it gave me major Cat Grant vibes from seasons one and two. I do wonder how Brainy's future tech was affected by the hack, but it does give way to the theory that it's an L Corp invention brought back from the future, since we know uh, L Corp, and this is this is interesting, I had forgotten about this, we know L Corp is around in the future, since they're the ones who figure out the lead cure for Monel. Right. Right. So we know L Corp is around a thousand years in the future, or at least very far into the future. Hmm. Right. I forgot about that. But I mean, any anybody can take over a company. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No. It doesn't mean Lena is still alive. It just means that the company's still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. 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 I didn't mean that. I mean, if she falls from grace, anybody can take oh, over a company. Yes. yes and uh-huh, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. and continues on. You know, we already rebranded once, folks. We can't do it again. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. That's, anyway, that's... very interesting uh, thoughts from all of our, our listeners are so smart and introspective and uh, just clever. And uh, I'm really, really thrilled to hear from from all of you guys. So thank you so much for emailing us at SupergirlTVTalk at gmail.com or rather mail at Supergirl. They both work. <laughs> mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com uh, is what we're going with. And um, we appreciate those. Please keep them coming. They are a delight to read each and every week. Um, also a delight are our Patreon subscribers who get all kinds of goodies uh, like our Supergirl TV Talk first reactions that come out just minutes after each episode. Um, like our uh, little after talk bits that where we, we uh, will include little pieces of, of conversations that Tim and I have, you know, between recordings of shows and that kind of thing while we're on mic. A lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff comes out there. We had a good conversation this week about Daredevil uh, season three and uh, and sort of the future of the, the Netflix Marvel um, universe. If that's not up already by the time you're hearing this, it will be up very, very soon. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun stuff for as little as a dollar. Um, a dollar is all we ask. A dollar a month. Uh, if you enjoy these shows, you know, if you enjoy just Supergirl TV talk alone and you want to give us a quarter per episode, we would be so grateful um, for, for that because uh, it helps us do the show. So think of it that way. Think of it as 25 cents per, per episode for uh, for what we for the time that we put it, put into to making the show each week. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much. It's just one way that you can. Um, kind of help us keep making the show. So patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. If you want to chip in uh, a quarter per episode or d- a buck a month. Well, good stuff, Frank. Good stuff. Is it good story stuff. time, Tim? It's story time. Well, yay, here's, here's, story yay, time. yay. So Frank, I, you know, this, I, you know, working around with a new format and everything like that. I was wondering, let's try doing that was a good bit first. Whoa. 
because sometimes that was a good bit. It kind of goes in chronological order, and so we can like hit up kind of what the story was before mm-hmm. we break up what the themes are. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yay, yeah. That was a good bit. That was a good bit of storytelling, Frank. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. That was a good bit of storytelling. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? All right. You know, because cars all falling from the sky and and everyone's like, oh, my God, where is she? And then and then Sean Jones is like, I'm going to go be Martian Manhunter and I want to be Martian Manhunter twice in this episode, baby. Mm. Twice. Twice. Two, Not once. Two Martian, twice. We're good, two Martian Manhunters. And so that was a good bit. That catch was a good bit. Oh, that was so I, cool. I like that. Last minute catch. Not that I didn't know he was going to catch her. Of course. But you know what? But you're still like, come on, Jean, being mm-hmm. cool. You know, he's in that suit all the time because that's technically what he's, you know, like wearing, right? Yeah, right. He's just he's just projecting a different image of what he looks like. Yeah, so that's got to be painful after I mean, a while. Or so, it's so really comfortable. Mm-hmm. Martian technology. Because he's wearing it all the time. So it must be pretty comfortable if he never changes out of it. Presumably. Yeah. What if he's just yeah. like walking around in pajamas and you'd never know it? That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be like, amazing. Like old like school pajamas ropes. with like a nightcap and everything. Oh, my big floppy hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. I like it. All right. So there was a good there was a good cut uh here, good edit when when everyone was like, Oh my god, who could do this? Boom. Cut to flashback of Ben Lockwood. Great. That man. That man can do it. Mm-hmm. That's who. That's the Ex- one. Excellent cut. Uh, speaking of the Lockwoods, I loved the Martian Manhunter fight on the lawn of, yes, that of their was home. So so cool and so scary and so like normally you you would watch a scene like that and just be like, "Yay, Martian Manhunter, get him!" But like, well, I guess actually it was Guardian, wasn't it? So, um, no, it wasn't Guardian. No, it was Daxamite. But it looked oh, like that was Guardian. Daxamite. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, I did the same thing. I was like, "Is that Guardian? What? Like, what is this reference?" That happened. Yeah, um, it was a Daxamite. I, as I was watching that, I remember being like, "Normally, I'd be so like cheering for him, but instead, you're like horrified because you're looking at it through Ben's eyes, right? And it's a totally different perspective." Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Which was the whole episode, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best moment of the whole show. Let's face it. Okay. Cat Grant on the TV. Yes. Being Cat Grant, it's like, do you anybody have any real questions? What, like, what is this? What, what, that what was doing? my Cat Grant quote of the week. <laughs> I uh, was going to spring that on you at the end. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't do a Cat Grant quote of the week. That's Shoot. okay. Well, it was. Does anybody have any real questions? Does anybody have any real questions? It was. Great. It will be painted. Bl- the blue room will be painted, painted blue. blue. Yeah. Uh, I hate all of you. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Um, Cara at the cantina, being awesome. You know, yes. on karaoke night, on karaoke night. She's like, why are you here? He's like, why are you here? You're not a, you're not an alien. He's like, oh, it's karaoke night. It's karaoke night. Also, Obviously, I guess I'm, I, I, yes, I'm an alien. But also I follow karaoke wherever it be. Yes. We didn't get to see karaoke night. A little sad. I know. Um, Lena going to the funeral says a lot about Lena, but also she mentions Lex. That's the second Lex mention in three episodes. He's coming, baby. Oh he's yeah, on it. he's on his way. They on mentioned his way. them. It's they're not skirting around Lex no. Luthor. They know. clearly decided early on this was going to happen, and they've been they've been telegraphing it. Mm-hmm. Going for it. Uh, big part of the plot: Ben snapping and killing the Florian. Like I liked the whole way that scene was delivered. It's it was a really really good, uh, well paced 
intense scene but even the way he did it by picking up the pipe you know yep. part of his father's legacy at this place and using like ah it was really well it was really well done um yeah. go ahead i i was thinking whether i want to say this now or later but i guess i'll just say it now go ahead they did a better job in 42 minutes making me believe that ben lockwood you know lo- happy go lucky college professor would turn into uh, uh, Agent Liberty. Uh, Agent Liberty, thank you. Uh, I almost said Iron Patriot. And I was like, nope, that's not right. Um, <laughs> Agent Liberty, you know, terrorist, uh, uh, Klansman type. I believe that transition in 42 minutes more than I believe Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader. <laughs> no, dude, hours. no, so true, though. It's so, I mean, like, I, not to, I mean, I'm not a prequel basher. By and large, I am not. If you don't believe me, go to Rebel Force Radio, uh, uh, Q&A where I talked about how I, I love the prequels but like or the things that I love about the prequels rather but I gotta say this was way more believable of a transition than than uh, Revenge of the Sith to go off of that thought going back to our Patreon episode slash Daredevil season three yeah. better ah, yes that's also better you're right it's better yes. mm-hmm. and yes. I again I also love the prequels unabashedly but this is better I agree 42 minutes they did a great job yep two last things of that was a good bit of storytelling the vacuum suit was great looked yes. cool super looked fun so cool. I was wrong it's not Lena but it was made by Lena so there you go I, that's true I that's true I did not expect it to be Kara I kind of thought she was the, I mean, even though it has her symbol on it and everything, I assumed the way they promote it and everything, I got the feeling that it's like, who's, who's somebody else? person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I and agree. I, we both must have misread that, unless that was intentional misdirection. It might have been, you know, because, you know, I was surprised when it was put on and I knew the suit was coming somewhere in the yeah. season. So, yeah. and then finally, Mercy and Otis don't work for Agent Liberty. He, mm-hmm. works, he for works for them. them. And they're working for somebody else unnamed mystery person i think they were for lex you think so too yeah i i think they were for lex i agree because i think that they spent enough time talking about mercy's relationship with lex for it to still be lex totally totally i i I think it's like unless it's lillian but i think it's lex no i think it's lex yeah i think he's doing some master working behind in behind prison bars fisk Mm -hmm. he's fisking it he's fisking it He's getting frisky with it. He's, he's getting frisky with it. All right, good. All right, let's move on to story time themes, shall All we, Frank? All right, story time themes. All right, so these are the four that I've kind of that I've kind of pulled up here. Uh, this theme of determination, you mm. know, like mm-hmm. you know, people are everyone's kind of determined to do something, whatever that thing is. Everyone's mm. determined. Uh, there's this this theme running theme through uh, class wars. Blue collar yep. workers, the economy, you know, this this whole thing kind of weaves itself through the episode. You have co- we, of course, have the racism, you know, that, yes. you know, that is pertinent throughout the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to use two of Ben Lockwood's actual things that he talked about in class. I love when shows do this where they're yeah, just yeah. like, bam, this is actually what the episode is. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to weave it into the episode. You know, I want to tell you about it. We have this idea of the nativist, right? This xenophobia, the derogatory term for for people from a native land. And then you have manifest destiny, embracing the future. Yes. You know, and what does that look like? And those perspectives from each side. Really good, really strong stuff this episode. So let's start with this idea of determination. It starts off right off the bat, right? It's not, before we even get to 
Ben Lockwood, it's all about Alex, where she literally says, I can fix her. I'm not losing my sister today. Yep. It's not I can cure her or heal her. Or I can fix, fix her. her. Yep. It's a very specific word, and I want to talk about this word for a little bit. Why fix? How does Alex see Kara in that way to fix her? You know, mm. you don't fix a human. You know, oh, I fixed you. You had a cold, and I fixed you. Sure. You Only know, Coldplay says that. Oh, I fixed you. Good, mm-hmm. good, Frank. Good Coldplay reference. Thanks. Yeah, well done. Thank you, mm-hmm. 2004. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true, true. Apparently, they put on a great concert. Never seen them. That's what I've heard. I know. I do want to see them, actually. No. Do you want to see them? I do. Yeah, I want to see them. Right on. Tell me how it is. Don't care. I will one day. But nothing against them. Just, you know, don't want to spend the money. Yeah, fair. So, so what do you think about this word, this word fix? Yeah, that's an interesting choice of words. Um, I, I think it it's... It's indicative of how Alex, how much Alex like needs her sister and relies on her sister. That she's like, no, I'll fix this. Like, I'll fix her. I'll, I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it okay. I'll make it okay. Everything's gonna be okay. Um, it, I didn't really think that much about it. You're right, but you're right. Like, I didn't put that much thought into the word fix, but but it is an odd choice of words. Um, but to me, it's sort of like. <clears throat> it's it shows a level of desperation of like I need my sister. I can't live without her. I'm gonna fix her. I, I I like exactly what you said, and I, I'm not going to fight you on it, actually. Um, that was a great answer. 10 out of 10 would revisit. Good Thank job, you. Frank. You're welcome. So then most of the episode we're dealing with Lockwood, right? And so yep. Lockwood's got a – he's got a couple of, like, really determining factors. And so he, he is determined at first to keep his family together, yes. right? Yes. He is to protect to, them and keep them to together. protect them and keep them together. And eventually that actually just disintegrates like his determination disintegrates there. And he then he becomes determined to segregate aliens. Yeah, it's it's it starts out as a determination to protect his family. And then when that fails, it becomes revenge. He's determined to exact revenge on not even on the individuals who he thinks hurt his family, but just on anybody who represents the people who uh, hurt his family. That, so exactly. it, it very quickly turns, it's an obsession to protect them, and then when he fails at that, it becomes a revenge fantasy, a revenge obsession. Mm, a revenge fantasy. I, I, that, I don't, I like that phrase. And I think that the like once it disintegrates, he moves on to a new goal a new target yeah yeah yeah, and that says something about him too so i wonder like what if this mission fails where is he going to get more extreme from here or does he not at the end of the episode he uh, to go into kind of this nativist i idea you know like he he has this line he won't cross where at the end he refuses to have the um not argus uh deo like he refused to have the DEO agent killed. He said, "You know, no, 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 no. We're human. We don't hurt." That's true. Humans. We don't hurt our own kind. Yeah, we don't hurt our own kind. This is a line in his mind yes, that there's a there's a big difference between killing your own kind and killing aliens. I suspect, though, that if he that's a line, he's cro- he we we have seen him now in this episode. We saw him have a line and continue to cross those lines, right? Like set uh, a boundary, cross it, set a boundary, cross it over and over again. What if this is a boundary he will cross again, but 
what if he feel what if he'd be willing to kill humans when if he feels that they're traitors right because he did call someone an earth traitor alex he called someone an earth traitor i don't remember and i Might feel like lena maybe it was lena um i could see him deciding like because he's making sweeping generalizations and is like not stable anymore i could see him being like oh this whole group of people they're all you know they're they're protesting, right? They're they're earth traders, kill them all. Like I could see that him crossing that line in that way. Absolutely. I th- that's interesting because I read it as he still is trying to hold he's determined to hold on to something. Some couldn't piece, hold on to know. his wife and his kid. He couldn't hold on to his dad. And so this is maybe what the last thing that he's holding on mm-hmm. to. Which makes it which makes him really you know, as a character, he toes that line. The episode spends a really a long time. It spends almost literally almost the whole episode letting you know how this guy feels from his perspective. Right. Because yes. we've because we've watched three seasons of Supergirl in which it's her perspective. Right. Right. And this whole episode is the man on the ground. Right. The people on the ground. How do the, the how do these battles that we're watching on TV that Supergirl and the D.E.O. are fighting actually affect people it's very watchman of yeah. this season yeah 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 right yeah what does yeah what does vigilantism actually do to regular people yeah yeah and that that's what this episode did so incredibly well and what they did especially well in order to do that in order to show the 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 effect that this stuff has on real people and everyday people um they wove in all these big events from the past three seasons right and they did Mm -hmm. it in such what i think was such a masterful way i agree such a brilliant organic all of the events in chronological order in a way that made sense nothing felt forced nothing felt like it was um out of place it was just so brilliantly done i was blown away that's my one big takeaway from this whole episode is what a great job they did weaving in events from seasons one, two, three, and even stuff we saw last couple weeks in season four and contextualizing it and uh, bringing us up to date, like really up to date from three years ago to literally today um, in only 42 minutes. What a brilliant, like they, they did that in 42 minutes. What like, they basically did like what Arrow does, you know, over the course of a couple seasons with the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. They Condensed it down into one episode and did such a great job with it. Yeah, although Arrow's doing flash forwards now, I know, yeah, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wonder absolutely... what they were going to do once they ran out of you know the past. Yeah, well, last season, last season there was nothing. It I know. Was, yeah, I know, it was yeah. straightforward. But I, I when I missed, I oddly missed the flashbacks. I didn't realize. <laughs> I yeah. liked it better without them. Although the okay. flashbacks have me more, the flash forwards have me more intrigued. I like going into the future and going, "Ooh, how did we get here?" I, you I know, like, I actually haven't started the season of Arrow yet, so I don't. I've, I've I've heard about the flash forwards, but I haven't actually seen it yet. So. It's good. It's good. good. So anyway, I the, going back to this desperation thing and this people on the ground and what it is. I I like that the show even goes out of its way to like have Lockwood and. Lena come together in this conversation because Lena is technically the people like she she also I mean he also goes to James right because these are your regular people in the show you know you're working you're working class people in some way but Lena is not that and so he cannot connect with her she just doesn't get it 
you know, from his perspective. And then, you know, when she goes to the funeral, she's still like she thinks she gets it. But from his perspective, she's still somewhat uh, off being so she's off being somewhere else. Right. There's uh, I have written down here. There's a Lex Luthor parallel from oh yeah there's a lecture with the parallel from lena right in that conversation at the funeral where she's like this is how my brother thought and it mm-hmm. got him into trouble mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yep. this this is not going to work out for you the mm. way that you think it will interesting i that she can she's more closely connected to it than ben realizes yeah or she's even? seen this before she's seen mm-hmm. this this mentality play out and she knows that it leads to a bad place yeah, but he's kind of he has to learn that on his own. There's no way she can, you know, she can she can warn him, but he kind of has to make his own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then he does he does the same thing with James, you know, like he's you know like you're, you know, you're writing these articles, you're for the people, blah blah blah, but you're not doing anything for the people, you know, mm-hmm. you know the stuff about the insurance was buried back in the business section. And I'm like, well, read the business section. <laughs> no, but uh, his point, I think, was was a bigger one, which is you talk about it in terms of numbers in the back. And then in the front, in the headlines, you talk about it in terms of Supergirl saves the day. But w- what's missing is the middle, right? Like he's using the front and the back of the newspaper as like a metaphor for like you're telling the superhero story. You're telling the insurance story, whatever, like the numbers of like, oh, this many homes are affected. But you're not telling the story of and this family was kicked out of their home and has nowhere to live. Now. He's not telling they're not telling the human story. That's what he was getting. At, I think. That's right. No, absolutely. he was saying like you're not telling this story of actual people and how it affects how these aliens being here affects them and what that what that all means um, in, in practical terms and in do, like human terms. Do you know what that reminded me of actually? Uh, the I want to say, yeah, it was the pilot episode of Lois and Clark, colon, The New Adventures of Superman, mm-hmm. in which Clark, you know, is trying to get this job at the Daily Planet, and and Perry says, you know, this theater, like, this theater story is no good. You know, yeah, the theater's getting torn down, oh, whoop-de-doo, nobody cares, and Clark writes this story from the human perspective, right? This, you know, like, what is this doing for people, and what does it mean for this person, and blah, 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 and that's what gets, that's what lands him the job, I'm pretty sure. And so what Ben, like, what you're saying is Ben is telling James he needs to be doing that. Yes. You know, and I don't think, I don't think, and he's not wrong at all. That's and that's why he's a morally gray villain, right? Because he's not wrong about things like that. He's yes. not wrong about he's not across the board wrong. He's not wrong about that. They should be doing that. They should be telling those stories. Does it mean you go out and kill people for it? No, absolutely not. No, but and, and he and he's not wrong that like the battle damage of superhero fights is a problem for regular people. Right. He's not saying like, that's very true. We witnessed it in his front lawn with the Martian Manhunter fighting the Daxamite, right? He lost his home because of that. And John in, from this perspective, even had the audacity to go like, you're safe now. Right. Which was, you know, obviously very pointed and and meant, meant to elicit that reaction in us. Mm -hmm. And it did. It did. I was like, Oh, that's so, that is so cutting where he's like, OK, you're safe now and flies away while their house is literally still on fire. Right. Because um, they were technically kind of safe before that fight landed on their house, which is how Ben feels. Right. We were safer without you. Go away. That's how he feels. Sure. Sure. Which in, in some ways it's when when stories so like Supergirl premieres, 
the show premieres with her saving a plane, right? Yeah. That's yeah, going yeah. down. If the show premieres, if it almost does the... I oh, See, even that's not a good example. I guess it almost does like the Avengers style where like the alien invasion was going to happen either way. Right. It didn't need... The Avengers responded to that call for help, but they didn't... But it's not like, say, Man of Steel where... Clark is indirectly responsible right. for, you know, um, the Kryptonian showing up and causing some havoc. Right. They came to Earth because they know he's there. That's right. And that's pretty much the same with Supergirl season one, right? You know, like mm-hmm. things happen because she's around. And so you can see him. And not really, though. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah, what happened. Before Roz, way, yeah. It was already yeah. there. It was already there. But so you. Yeah. But but. But the people don't all necessarily know that, right? They from don't their know perspective, that, right. from Ben's perspective, he doesn't know where where they, anybody came from. He doesn't know where any of these aliens came from. He just knows they showed up on my, in my literally in my backyard and started fighting and destroyed my house. And now my family has nowhere to live, mm-hmm. and no one's talking about it. No one cares about us. Insurance won't help us. We're screwed. And it's all because these damn aliens showed up. Like that's his perspective. Exactly. I believe he's wrong. I believe he's wrong. I Absolutely. want to very strongly say that. But. That is how this story is being told, and that's what's so brilliant about this story is that it's a a a, a sane, stable, normal, smart person uh, falling into this xenophobic trap. And exactly, it, it's it's so well done. Well, we, let's go back. I want to talk about this. You know, he writes nativist on the board, and he's, you know he's talking about and tries to defend that. He tries to defend that. You know, that's when he's really snapped. Right. And he see and he's seeing that all humans are native, right? You're all native to the planet Earth, and and what is what's I kind of ironic about what he's talking about is, you know, before I don't, I don't maybe ironic is not the right word. I kind of because I didn't write enough in my notes, so he's all humans are native, but he's also this history teacher who knows that before he's talking about manifest destiny. Right. And yep. he's talking about the slaughter of native Americans because of the expansion out West. Yes. And you know, and how from our perspective, you know, from American West, from American government perspective or whatever, you've got like, yeah, man, we're expanding out and it's good for us and it's good for America and we're making America great for the first time. And you know, all of this, or I guess, again, because we won the revolution, I guess that would be the first time, you know, and then we're and we're going out and, and doing this thing. And a lot of people have to die yeah. to to get yeah. in the way. His point was there's always someone who suffers for progress. And and what he was, I think, getting at was like, why do I need to be the one to suffer for this progress? Right. But then by, by causing the suffering of others for that progress that's the ironic part that's where yes. my mind mind connected yes. that's right so I, I was just kind of talking people who are new listeners or not listeners i'm a, i'm a i'm an educator a teacher yes. a teatre as the, we say in the trade we don't that's right yeah that's how you say it yeah and i was using this example pretty recently in class actually so this was a rather timely episode you know this idea of okay so you have a country that is in economic shambles right Mm-hmm. And you have a total economic shambles. People don't have jobs or food or cars or heat or anything. And somebody is like, we need all of this stuff. And people are like, well, you're absolutely right. We do need this stuff. Mm-hmm. I do need to feed my children. You're 100% right. And so that leader gives them that stuff. 
He figures out a way to get them that stuff, right? People have jobs. People have food. People are happy. They have homes and roofs and heat and, you know, open windows when it's hot. And everyone is like, this is great. And then that leader says, we should make the rest of the world great like we're great because everyone's happy. We all have cars. This is Mm -hmm. great. This is what everybody wanted. We can get around. Mm -hmm. We can do whatever we want. This is fantastic. And everyone's like, woo, you're right. You know, everyone would be happy if they if they were like us because, you know, because we have everything we need to be alive. And then that leader is like, we need to kill a lot of Jews to do it. Mm -hmm. And everyone goes, ooh, right? Right. You know, that story sounds great until it's just Nazism. Right. Right. It's just Hitler. I mean, I was going to say the story you were telling up until this point was like, that sounds like 1930s Germany. Because it is 1930s (laughs) Germany. Because (laughs) 1930s Germany, before... Before Hitler went off the rails, he fixed that country. They were in shambles. They were in economic shambles. You say the same for Mussolini, where people thought, like, well, he made the trains yeah. run on time, things like that. But but at what cost, guys? Right? At like what at cost? The cost of human lives? No. Exactly. No, 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 no. And that's this manifest destiny thing. Like, so there's the, that's what he's talking about. There's the Ben Lockwood is like he's a hypocrite because he he is attempting to get his dad to embrace the future of nth metal instead of steel right only to backtrack on himself not embracing the future and going backwards and he's using he's warping history to his own perspective he's almost like a like a you know he's pulling like scripture verses out of context you know it's that yeah. that that kind of yeah. is that kind of mentality yep he's twisting the facts and twist like like yeah you using the facts and, and contextualizing them in the way that supports his argument Right. And so what was so interesting when he was talking about nativism, he had a bunch of stuff written on the board um, on the side. And he was talking about Andrew Jackson, the War of 1812, exceptionalism. <laughs> These uh, Andrew Jackson, you know, we're talking, you know, the Trail of Tears, you mm-hmm. know, round them all up. Yeah. Send them over here. Right. Make them like us. Yeah. Awful atrocities on the twenty dollar bill. You know, yep. The, yep. Yep. The the people's president, as he was known, right? He had a tomahawk tattooed on his thigh, you know, just so he could remember, you know, potentially the, the people that he killed, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then, you know, the War of 1812, you know, what's the War of 1812? We got America going, man, I'm not going to take sides. Man, yep. yep. Not for us. It's fine. Yep. It's not for yep. us. Let's let's backtrack a little bit. Let's not let's not go anywhere. Um you know, it's this idea of exceptionalism, like, you know, some people are better than other people that, you know, like that's that's what he's changing his class into instead of just giving them history. And history is all perspective, right? Sure. Yes. History is written by the winners. Always written by always, always, always written by the winners. And so what what is the world like without Greek or Roman history? What's the other sure. side of that? Think of how much conquering the Romans had to do. What's right. the other what's the other side of that story? And that's kind of where he that's where Ben starts out. But he says that one of his quotes is see who paid for the price who who paid the price for progress. Right. And right. so he's saying that he's saying that humans are paying the price for progress right now. But that's not necessarily that's not necessarily true. Because as we've seen in other episodes of Supergirl, there are plenty of aliens who are not who are not right. successful. He who, is. And but that's the whole thing. Right. That's why this is all. That's why this is all like a warped a parallel. Well, yes, yes, it's warped. And it's a parallel for what's happening in the real world, because there are people who don't 
who who are against the notion of anyone you know entering our country um no matter what who there are there are people who feel that way now and the argument that you just made stands up there too where it's like but there are but this whole place was built on that so how can you say like that's that's what this is a parallel for um and without without going into what either of our opinions are on that this i'm just saying like that is a debate that's happening in the world in real life and this debate's happening in the show and they're clearly making parallels to be there and you could make you know the arguments you could make in real life are the same arguments you can make in the show look at frank not being a a ben lockwood not giving your political beliefs on a podcast because he would. Yeah, very ben good. Ben Lockwood would, yeah. He, ben Lockwood would, exactly. That's the WWJD of the show. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. BLW, BLW, Ben Lockwood would. That's so hard to say. Um. So this the last idea of this embracing the future of this manifest destiny, this idea, Ben Lockwood meeting with Mercy in the car and then taking that armor joining joining Otis and Mercy. This is him embracing his new future, yes. right? Yes. He is going through his own manifest destiny as he sees. So he's he's taking it into himself. So let's flip down. We haven't really talked about this Nth Metal versus Steel idea. Where I think where the title of the episode comes from, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, also what an excellent time to say that Supergirl Episode three of season four entitled Man of Steel first premiering on October 28th, 2018, directed by Jesse Warren, written by Rob Wright and Derek Simon there. I did it again. I don't know why I keep skipping that. <laughs> That's all right. I'm just so That's ex- right. I'm just so excited to get into the the meat of it, Frank, into the meat of it. And so this Nth Metal Factory, Nth Metal is an alien metal. It's Thanagarian. We were introduced to the Thanagarians on one of the crossovers. The second one. Yeah, before, it was before Super Supergirl before was Supergirl was around. So, Nth Metal is an alien metal. It's very strong. It's super conductive, uh, and it's used by the characters Hawkman and Hawkgirl, who are on the first season, first season of Legends. And so, it, now it's made its way in as a product in Supergirl in Earth mm-hmm. thirty eight as a product of this world. This is the first. Mm-hmm. I thought this was like a this is a fun little comic book thing that I, yeah, it was like totally. totally shocking to be like, oh, you're you're doing something with nth metal are you like this is huge there are thanagarians around where where they be where's where's hawk girl where are the hawks where are they i love them bring them out i know bring them out to me and you have this class war almost between father and son right his father's a blue collar worker he's a steel worker and his son is an educator he's a history professor and his dad says a lot about you know you know you know that steel paid for that fancy degree that you have, and That's all right. you do is put me down with it, you know, over That's and over right. and over again. So they have their own little class war inside this alien versus the people war. Yeah, and Ben starts out trying to defend and ends up taking his dad's position. Right, because he, he, like, he tries to stop that mob from attacking the nth metal workers. He's like, yeah. hey, 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 none of this. I'm a good person. Right. Watch me be a good person on the show. I am a morally gray character here, right? <laughs> right. You know, you know, so I, uh, you know, I am falling from grace as we speak because he accidentally gets injured by one of the by one of the alien workers. Um, and it's just a defense mechanism, no different mm-hmm. than sometimes people, you know, like punch and fight their way out of things as a defense mechanism. Right. But it's more dangerous with aliens. This is the this is the X-Men, you know, argument. Totally, totally gave me X-Men vibes. 
you know, mutants are dangerous. They can, you know, walk into wall, walk through walls and, you know, control metal and blah, 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 blah. And that's only two of them. You know, what else mm-hmm. we got? Go- you know, so this is. The- and it's the Lex Luthor argument, too. You know, like, oh, they're, you know, it's only they're only uh, safe as long as they choose to be. But the second they, try, they decide to turn on us, then we, right. we're helpless. But, we need to rise up. We need to fight against them because they're going to but they're going to take us over by being racist and mm-hmm. seg- and segregating them and attacking them you're only giving people like if you treat somebody nice they have no reason to attack you right right that's that's the basic rule right if you are nice people are nice back especially when it, when it's a group of people who are showing up and not not doing anything you know bad in the first place if they give you reason to be uh to be afraid or or to to feel like they were attacking you that's one thing but if they just show up and like hey we want to you know work alongside you and and we're going to have our own businesses and everything like and we're just going to like the aliens are doing in this in this story right they opened up their own businesses they have their bar they have their end metal factory they're they're and the steel workers are upset because they're taking you know taking their jobs quote unquote which but, is an awful thing let's not let's not say that sure, this isn't good people are losing their jobs after, but they're That's not right. coming after their jobs right they're in a competing line of work that happens to be more lucrative than than steel in this universe. And right. But it's not like they came and like stole their jobs or sabotaged their factory or anything like right. that. This is a very artsy example. But in but when in the making of Jurassic Park, Phil Tippett, uh, extraordinary, you know, animatronics and puppeteer extraordinaire Phil Tippett was hired to make some dino, dinosaur stuff. You know, the, this, you know, the, with with basically stop motion, which was going to be called go motion, you know, because it would be more mm-hmm. fluid and all of this stuff. And at the same time, Steven Spielberg gave the chance for people to make some dinosaurs in a computer mm-hmm. and just to see how they would turn out. And the computer won. And Phil Tippett said, I'm out of like, I'm going to go extinct. I'm out of a job. If I don't learn to adapt from this, I'm out. That's it. I'm gone. There's no more. I have to move on and and evolve my progress. This is this has been happening for this has been happening for years. For those of you who don't know, Jurassic Park is the first feature length film to use CG uh, computer generated images throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, alongside alongside, alongside like real people and yeah. whatever else, there have been other movies that have used it before individually. Because um, like Sherlock Holmes, uh, Young Sherlock Holmes, yeah, Young Sherlock Holmes or Young Indiana Jones, one of those uh, had a fully rendered CG character. But to integrate it throughout the entire movie yeah. is, is new for Jurassic Park. But anyway, um, you have to evolve. I mean, think about like the difference between like the Bronze Age and the Iron Age, the the Steel Age. We're moving into the Nth Metal Age. That's what this right. is. And yeah, so if yeah. you just don't catch, if you have to keep up with the new stuff, nobody in their office is using, like, Microsoft 95, right? Right, right. No, right. Exactly. You, yeah. you can't. It's over 20 years old. We're past that point now. I mean, you can try, but don't be surprised when the competition snaps you up, right? Right. That, that's, that's the lesson here. <laughs> that's what's happening in this story is, like, well, they... Clearly, there's something new that came along. Maybe, you know, your company should get into that line of work. But Ben's dad was like, no, we're not going to do that because, you know, we this country was built on American steel. And that's the whole, like he has his principle he wants to stand on, which is great. But, you know, the real world is moving towards nth metal. So maybe you need to move towards nth metal if you want right. to keep up. Technically, you insist, this country was built on wood, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but 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 uh, and and you know there are people who used to be in lumber and now are in steel and they're doing better for it right like like it's right you go from the fur trade to the railroads to oil to right. you know you have to move with the progress you know the you tough know, thing is for the oil people to who solar get caught. Yeah, sure yes yes right right gas cars to electric cars right the mm-hmm. tough thing is for the people who get stuck in the middle of those transitions that's right but but ben's dad has the ability because he owns that company so yeah. he has the ability to move in that direction right so like it's it's not the workers fault that they're losing jobs it's it's kind of his dad's fault because he is so staunch and believe like no we have to we have to stick with this sure like, well no we don't right you're, you're choosing, choosing to, to right. because because you are you're a xenophobe mm-hmm. and 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 that's why you just have sticking with this and you're almost using America built on steel as your excuse to be a xenophobe mm-hmm. and, the, you know, and and Ben's dad's case yes which is hugely ironic because like he dies by being crushed by the very steel that causes his livelihood which his, is no his, coincidence no it is. is not very well planned but his hubris literally kills him yes beautifully put, beautifully put thank you thank you thank you frank um and so i frank i'm kind of i'm kind of out of stuff except at the funeral Winston uh, Lockwood uses a Winston Churchill quote, you know, this never give up speech, which is all about, you know, like battling the enemy. It's a World War Two. It's a World War Two mm-hmm, speech, mm-hmm. you know, but it's very poignant because he's like, I see myself as a great leader uh, and there's going to like there's we're at war and they're the enemy, you know, but he's comparing the the violent takeover of the world attempt to take over the world to aliens just trying to make a living and feed their families that are like no different than anybody else. Mm-hmm. It says, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a man's got to stand up and be a man as his dad said, but yeah. being a man, does being a man mean segregating people around you? No, absolutely no. not. No, absolutely not. Crazy. Frank, that was, that was, uh, that's all I have for story time themes. Do you have anything uh, left to add? Man, we really we really covered it all. I I uh that we talked about the suit, we talked about how well they they pulled in all the different events from the past seasons. One thing that they did really well also uh was that they did a really good job putting together everyone's storylines. All of our characters' storylines kind of converged in a really interesting way and were woven together in a really interesting way because of the flashback nature of this episode. You know, we saw where James and Lena touched base with uh with Ben and we saw where uh, Otis and Mercy play in and we saw where, you know, Alex and Jean, we saw where everyone intersected with this guy at some place. So there was a, I don't know if you call it a theme, but it's sort of an element of it's all connected. You know, there's right. a, it's everything. It love actually did. They did kind of love actually it. Yes. Where Mr. Bean kind of is going throughout. Um, yeah, they did where there's, there's a connection point to all these different characters in some way. And obviously, they all know each other but here's a connection point that we didn't know about that's been there the whole time it was probably the most effective retcon i've ever seen in a tv show mm-hmm. like in a this late in in the game where they retconned multiple seasons worth of events and made it work 
seamlessly. Right, because I mean, they didn't really seamlessly. change anything. They just nope. added. And they that just added. Was... And they re-showed us stuff that we had already seen, you know, Supergirl making, oh, Supergirl making her impassioned plea at the end of season one on TV. We talked about that last week, and then they yes, showed it. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, so we, there was we that, hadn't seen that in was... a while. Right. Exactly. Right. And there was that. There was Kat uh, with uh, as the press secretary. There was uh, uh, Terry Hatcher, uh, you know, popping up and talking to the people of Earth. There was all these different moments like that. Uh, that was just so, so brilliantly done. Um, so, yeah, those are those are kind of my my closing closing thoughts on uh, on the episode. I really, really enjoyed this episode. And I said this in the Supergirl TV talk first reactions uh, on Patreon. But this is my favorite season so far. Agreed. Um, I I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. I at the end of each episode, I'm like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Yeah. Like I'm like almost like nervous. Like I'm mm-hmm. kind of tense the whole time, as opposed to like, oh, I'm watching Supergirl. I'm having a good time. Blah blah blah. You know, like whatever. Laughs, laughs, laughs. And not that I need it to be serious, or whatever. But it's like it's striking a chord in me mm-hmm. that it really it wasn't before, and I didn't right. even realize that I I wanted it to strike that chord. But now that it is, I'm like, oh man, I wish it was like this all the time. Like. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Sam Witwer also oh, so good. was unbelievably good. I mean, he's always good. I'm a big Sam Witwer fan, always have been. I've never not liked him in anything I've seen him in. Same, same. He He's a tremendously underrated actor, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Should be and a household being, name, but isn't. I, I, I so agree with that. I so Especially for the big properties he's been involved with, you'd think he would be. Um, right, I, I think Smallville. Star Wars, mm-hmm. multiple times Star Wars. Multiple Star Wars properties, yeah. yeah crazy. Um, I, I'm, yeah. I, I think he's being given better, you know, certainly better material than he was given on Smallville, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Frank, wow. No, it's true. Personal it's true. growth from Frank. Spade. This is better yeah. material for him, for his character, than the Doomsday character was in Smallville. Definitely. And uh, the other thing, too, is I really... I really feel like that they're kind of adopting this season feels like the flash to me sort of the template of it feels like almost like last season of the flash uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way I don't explain, mean like it's repetitive explain that further so you've got this villain uh, similar to uh, the thinker mm-hmm. uh, who has like this long backstory I mean down to the fact he's a professor but uh, this long backstory that we are given in one episode that explains everything you need to know for the rest of the season and now he's going they're going to be in pursuit of this villain presumably for the rest of the season or much of the season um, yeah there's some, can be there were some twists in that flash season so I'm sure we yeah. can expect yeah, yeah, some yeah. twists along the way here I don't uh-huh. disagree with you that's that's very apt Frank. it's not exactly the same but it's similar and it feels more like the type of story I would expect from the flash up until now and honestly I think this is a really good structure for this show and for these characters and I'm really really glad about it I'm mm-hmm. really glad it feels like they've sort of found their footing for the first time in maybe a year or two uh overall I thought season three looking back on season three was a little weaker than I remembered it and season four is really strong. So there's like a, a big divide to me between the, the, the storytelling between seasons three and four. And I'm really, really excited for season four more than I have been since season two, I think. I agree with you. Absolutely. Frank, I want to head over to Professor Comics Corner. Okay, let's do it. Head on over to Professor Comics Corner. Not tons in this episode, Frank. Not not tons to pull out. Obviously, there's the whole there's the whole Agent Liberty backstory, yes. which is um, quite different than his. It's quite different than his comic story, but 
uh, which I've already talked about on a previous episode, so I won't re-go into it here. However, Agent Liberty is not a black and white character. And whether you agree or disagree, just putting that out there, maybe you should mm-hmm. not agree, but just saying, um, mm-hmm. you know, but you can see his perspective. The most interesting villains are the ones where you can see their perspective. Yes. You at least understand where they're coming from as opposed to I'm evil for evil's sake, which sometimes has its place, which yes. can be very fun and cool. But understanding where somebody is coming from is the path to finding them interesting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Totally. I completely agree. Yeah. 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 Don't want to rule for the well. sake of ruling or anything. It's it's very good. So we got an nth metal an nth metal knot. I've already talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some Daxamite action. We have a Coast City reference, home of, of the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. I missed that. When did that happen? Yes, uh, Ben Lockwood was talking to his wife, and he was like, "Maybe we should just drive down to Coast City, like just huh. go." To- like and I'm like, oh, you know what? That that was two for one. You kind of established that National City is in fact in California. Let's not forget oh, that, right? Because Cal- Which Coast City is in California, is right? Also, yeah, yeah. Because huh. if if National City is your L.A. basically, right? right. L.A. with water, I guess. Um, sure. Because that's what it used to be. That's where it was mm-hmm. filmed. Coast City is kind of supposed to be your San Diego. Um, sure. So maybe if you take your National City as your San Francisco, even. You know, because ah. because even if you, I mean, because even national San Francisco is a very like, like widely known like openly gay city, right? You know, uh-huh. like it has uh-huh. been for years and decades and decades yeah, and yeah. decades. It's a very liberal city, and so if you have this, you know, all this also, um, you know, comic parallel city, I guess almost. Then Coast City's kind of like your San Diego ish. Interesting. Yeah, that's Interesting. Fun, that's my fun fact. Yep, that's cool. Like and, that. and then I thought the vacuum seal suit, which I'm going to call it that because I have nothing yeah. else to call it, um, is reminded me of the um, lead suit slash the space suit from Superman the Animated Series. Yes! Yes! I was going to say that. Absolutely. Yes. In fact, uh, me and Derek, Derek, my co-host from uh, Starkville's House of El Krypton, we're just texting about that moments before you and I got on the That's air. awesome. Yeah. That he, he was like, it reminds me of that action figure. And I sent him a picture. He's like, yes, that's the one. I was like, this is Superman, the animated series. It's the spacesuit. Yeah. Totally. It reminds me of the spacesuit, totally. but it protects her from kryptonite. From kryptonite. So it's kind of like the lead suit, though, I guess the spacesuit also protects him from kryptonite. So, yeah, it does. But but yeah, but uh, yeah, totally. I completely got that vibe. Absolutely. Since it was previewed, since it was promoted. Absolutely. Over the summer, I got Ex- that vibe. Exactly. But, but seeing it, you know, from a different angle here was was cool. And I like that it like comes in that that S shield shaped box and mm-hmm. it just comes out from there kind of like the Flash's ring. You it's know? like a vacuum it's kind of, sealed. Yeah. 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 Kind of reminiscent yeah. of that. Of like it springs to life out of its container. I know. I was like half expecting like a Ray Palmer reference or something like that or oh, a Ryan Troy yeah. reference or something like that. The Adam, a different Earth, like, though. I know. But that doesn't mean they don't exist. It's just. Yeah. It just means. Although we got a Brian Choi. Wait, did we not say Brian Troy? Today? It's Ryan Troy, not Brian. Did I say Brian? Sorry, yeah. I get that. You got it in the Flash. In the Flash. That's where was. That's okay. the ring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, right. It was the ring. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so that's all cool. That's it for Professor Comics Corner. 
Let's talk about the trailer, Frank. But until then, tell us where the people can find us. Yeah. So if you don't want to stick around for spoilers and trailers, uh, that's totally cool. Uh, you can find us. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You can find us at uh, the show notes for this episode over at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Uh, you can also find all sorts of other fun stuff there. ThoughtBubbleAudio.com is where you'll find all of our other podcasts as well if you want to check those out patreon.com slash thought bubble audio if you want to kick us a, a buck a month or so uh to, to keep the show going uh if you would like to email us uh mail at supergirltvtalk.com is the best place to do that at tv supergirl on twitter if you want to follow us there we live tweet every week and do that sort of fun stuff uh and we, we tweet out other fun supergirl news in in, in between uh supergirl tv talk on instagram is where you'll also find us uh, and you'll find us on Overcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are found, you'll find this show. You can tell your friends to find us in all those places as well. Please leave us your ratings and reviews. Those mean so, so, so very much to us. And they help other people find the show and they help us keep making the show as more people find it. So uh, thank you so much for doing all those things. Really appreciate them. But yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the trailer a little bit because uh, I felt that this uh, it's looks uh, looks pretty good. It's pretty good to me. Yeah, man, that trailer. So Supergirl's kind of back in action in that new suit. Mm-hmm. We see her doing some cool stuff at a, what looks like kind of like a fair ish type thing, like a little carnival. And we see a lot of Kara out of the suit. So I guess she's fine. But also, I, I think that was all. It all seemed. It actually seemed like imagery from previous episodes. So is it all trickery? I, think in I the think trailer, or is it a flashback kinda, in the episode? It might could be flashback, but also could be trickery. Yeah, I kind of think it might be trickery. Yeah, it it felt like I think I was like I think I've seen that before, yeah. but I'm not sure. So we'll see. Uh, and then there's that mystery glowing thing, radioactive looking thingy majig yes. that we don't know what it is yet, but it's probably going to be cool because the season has been great. Frank, mm-hmm. it's been so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially so good. this episode. It's just amazing. I don't really have any fun spoilers apart from they're still filming the crossover and there's a picture of Supergirl and Batwoman together. And I'm so excited, Frank, because I love both these characters Dude, and they're going to be on the same screen together. And I just can't wait. I'm so stoked, dude. I am so stoked for it. I cannot wait. It's coming fast, man. It's December. I know. I know. It's like around the corner. It's it's just a few weeks away. It's crazy when you think about how quickly they produce these, you know, because it's just like it's almost time again. It's, it's just, I know. Just, They're basically like a month again. and a half ahead of us. That's kind of where they are. Right, you know, because right. it comes out mid-December. This is the end of October, so they're basically just a month and a half ahead. Just it's about. Not a, it's not a lot of time. If you figure like what you're watching, the turnaround, insane, insane, insane. Yeah. So anyway, Frank, that's about it. I don't know if you have anything else to add. That's about all I've got. Yeah, for now, we talked about spoilers for a good long uh, while last time. It was fun seeing. Um, there's those photos of Lois and Superman. Like, there's a fight happening, and Lois has like that big hammer. That you know, she strikes. You know, we got some nth metal reference in this episode, and you t- texted me about, like, is that Thanagarian? Ah, that's what I'm saying. It is. is that, I don't know. It looked like it could have been Hawkman, Hawkgirl's hammer. Well, ha- they they carry maces, so. Oh, you're right. They do carry maces. You're right. Those are maces. But the hammer. Who has a hammer? Thor. Thor. <laughs> I know, I know. But in DC, Yo, who has yeah. a um, Yeah. Mew, yeah. meow. Mew, meow. Um, Steel has a hammer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I got I don't know. I, the design of it, hammer, mace, or, or otherwise. The, the design nail. of it, yeah, gave me a Thanagarian vibe. The look of it, right, has a an alien look and and particularly a Thanagarian fashion to it that it made me wonder. 
if uh, if that's what's going on there. So I don't know. Could be. Could be. Um, I, I would love that. That'd be very interesting. Uh, she's also showing uh, that she is she's pregnant in real life. Yes, um, that's correct. Yeah, she she is actually pregnant. Lois, and you I, mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and I wonder if they're going to you know, incorporate that into the show if or if that, they're going to yeah. cut her or they're going to cut around it. I think they're going to incorporate it into the show. I really think you they're do. going to. Yep. I, I really think it's going to be because he's been Superman for like 10 years already. Right. Yeah. And so yep. you figure he's been in a relationship with Lois for probably like, I'd say seven of those years, let's say. You know, let's say they pined for three, and then and they've been in a committed relationship for seven. It's baby time, Frank. Tyler Hochin is my age. Yeah, you know he he's two months younger than me. Okay, and so yeah. this is ripe baby. You know, like he is ready to have. You know, like he's of that age where you start having kids. The actor and the man and Superman himself. So it makes sense to me. It makes total sense to me. Um, I. And plus, it you know it pr- progresses his character. I guess even if he's not on the show all the time, it shows like something in his life is happening. Mm. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm, yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, interesting. I, you're, you might you're kind of convincing me here because I was convinced the other way uh, that they were gonna that they might try and hide that. Um, but that would be very interesting, and that would you know there are still rumors. Uh, although I have heard. I've heard conflicting things now where I'm starting to hear where people are shooting down the rumor of there being a Superman show, a Lois and Clark show, but then I'm still hearing some people who are holding out hope, so I don't know who to believe anymore. I don't know. I I, I think it's a... I, I think it's just a rumor. I, I, I would I, love to watch it, but I think it's a yeah, rumor. I am with you. I think it's probably less than likely as much as I would love, love, love that show, and I'd be I'd be all over it. I think it's probably not super likely, and I. Oh, but I really hope it's, it it happens, or I hope it, at least the interest that this generated, um, you know, will will make them stop and think about doing a show if they didn't already have plans to do so. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll find out. But we'll see. Any, anyway, Frank, it's been a lovely conversation as always. So yes, I sir. I think until next time, up up and away. <laughs>